Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to Luke. There was a scholar of law who stood up to test Jesus and said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? He said it in reply, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He replied to him, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. But because he wished to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man fell victim to robbers as he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. They stripped and beat him and went off, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that road, but when he saw him, he passed by from the other side. Likewise, a Levite came to the place, and when he saw him, he passed by to the other side. But a Samaritan traveler who came upon him was moved with compassion at the sight. He approached the victim, poured oil and wine over his wounds and bandaged him. Then he lifted him up on his own animal, took him to an inn and cared for him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave it to the innkeeper with instructions, take care of him. If you spent more than I have given you, I shall repay you on my way back. Which of these three, in your opinion, was neighbor to the robber's victim? He answered, the one who treated him with mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. The Gospel of the Lord. I'm sure all of you in your lifetime, independent of your age, just where you are right now, I'm sure all of you at one moment had an experience either at a pool or a lake or an ocean, an experience of observing lifeguards in training or maybe even a lifeguard actually rescuing somebody. Maybe we're blessed to even have some lifeguards here right now. Maybe it's your grandchild or your son or daughter who's a lifeguard at a pool this summer. I used to love going, not too long ago, a few years ago, out to California because my brother-in-law, he just got out of the Navy, but he was a Navy doctor out there and my sister and her family lived in Coronado, California, which is gorgeous, right there in San Diego. And when my nieces and nephews were much younger, I used to go out to the beach, take them a sandwich from the sub shop, and I would watch them in their lifeguard training. They did junior lifeguard training, and then they did high school lifeguard, and now even one of my nephews, he's a big-time lifeguard down in Florida and wants to be one of those Coast Guard rescue guys that jumps out with the fins and everything out of the helicopters and all that stuff. He's into that. 
And he's been, he's been surfing in the ocean since he was in sixth grade, you know, going out and surfing. So but what was interesting with my niece and nephews is kind of see, they knew, they knew everything. I knew very little. They knew like the banners, what colors they meant. They knew all the creatures that were in there that, could, that, that were good and ones that could kind of sting and how to help with, with a sting. And if you really observed, you could see that they had all the necessary equipment to rescue somebody. They had a sea-doo off to the side. They have those paddle boat things, little kayaks they can go on. They even have, you know, last resort, they'd pick up one of those buoys and they'd do training, one of those red things on the rope or whatever, put it around them and go out there and start swimming out. But what they all had is they all had some instrument to assist themselves in the rescue and also to be aid to the one in need. Though I had observed all that, it didn't really register too well. I found myself in 2014, like Father Mike, we had gone uh, to Nicaragua. I went three years in a row with a group of high school seniors every year. It was their capstone event to go to Nicaragua. And we went to this location in Nicaragua, thanks to a family that lives there, whose kids were in the school, and we went there every year. So it was cool. You come out, and all the kids know you, and they'd be wearing the, the Catholic high school jersey that someone brought the year before. And so we went there, we'd had 30 young men and 30 young ladies staying in different locations because it was a big area that we served. The young ladies worked at an orphanage with girls that were 12 years old and younger. So singing Frozen in Spanish was pretty interesting for them. Then we had, the guys were out, they were kind of building a school, putting down tile, doing that. Then they all came together and did a carnival together and different things. So it was just an amazing experience that we had. Well, the last day of the seven days that we were over there was kind of like a relaxed day, kind of like enjoy it, go to the beach, you know, go in the water. But actually in Nicaragua, it's the Pacific coast, coast there, the most dangerous part about that mission trip, and you had kids do swim tests before, you had to know if they could swim. The most dangerous part that even the locals would talk about was the ocean and the riptides in the ocean. They're not like our oceans where you go and you have lifeguards sitting in chairs and all that stuff. I mean, there's nobody out there. You swim at your own risk. So we were very strict with the young people about don't even put your foot in the ocean unless a super, uh, somebody there chaperoning is there. And you go in as far as we say and you go in at the times and only at the times when we know that there's not a shift in the current. You also talked about how to get out of a riptide. Those of you who've been around oceans, you can't swim directly into the shore if it's a riptide. You have to swim parallel with the beach in order to get out of the riptide. If you try to swim in, it's just going to tire you out and you'll get drifted out. So we were on this last day and half the group went fishing with a guide. And half of them stayed back with three or four dads that were there. It was the group of the guys who went swimming. So about 20 of them went swimming. I went down the beach a ways because I wanted to do some prayers and just have some quiet time and kind of pulled away. And I looked over and I watched them swimming and they were swimming and a couple of guys wanted to use some of the boogie boards that the house had that we had. And they said, Father, can we take the boogie boards down to the group so that they can swim? And I said, yeah, yeah, take them down there, enjoy. And I stayed and prayed. So I'd look over and I'd see 20 of them out there about waist deep having fun, throwing balls and it was the right time, people chaperoning. Then all of a sudden, I was like, well, I need to finish my prayer. So I got up from my chair. They were about a football field length down the beach. And I said, I'm going to walk right. 
because I want to go away from them just to have some quiet time with Jesus. Because if I go down that way, it's not a bad thing, but one of them's going to want to talk to me and I'm not going to be able to finish my prayer. So let me go this way. So I turn to go right down the beach, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit grabbed me and says, No, go left. And it wasn't like a voice, it was just a strong movement of the Spirit that we can all experience in our life. You need to go left. And I'm like, I don't want to go left, I want to go right. So then I tried to go right. Go, it's like, no, you need to go left. So then I finally gave in to that and I walked left. So I'm walking left. I don't see anybody out in the ocean. I'm walking. I'm praying. But then I get closer and closer to the point about a football field length on the beach. And I look out and there are four guys too far out in the ocean. And they shouldn't be out there. The other 16 went in. And I'm like, I got to get out there and tell those guys they need to come in. They can't hear me with the waves. So I'm just like, okay, well, you know, it's not bragging or anything, but, you know, did the Ironman triathlons, 2.4 mile ocean water swim, been training for it, all that stuff, I can handle this, kicked out my thing, boom, well, well, I start swimming, and you know when you get in the ocean, you start swimming, right, and the waves start breaking, and you can't see, even to St. Gabriel in the back, you can't see that far. So you have to work up over the waves, okay, I got sight of them, okay, I got sight of them. All of a sudden, one guy comes swimming up on the wave, and he comes like, Father, get out there right now. Alex is drowning. And my heart went into my feet as I tried to kick a little more. Pitter-patter, pitter-patter. I'm like, what is going on out there? I can't save three people. Swam a little further. These are, these are high school seniors. Swam a little further. Another guy comes in. Father, get out there right now. Alex is, Alex is out there. He's drowning. And I said, you get into the shore, swim in, swim parallel to the beach, Get in there and get some help. Because there was nobody on the shoreline when I looked back. Nobody. And there was a berm, and everybody was back where they were supposed to be. So I swam a little further, and there was a young man, strong young man. He was going to kick Division I football, a kicker who could punt that thing like 70 yards. I mean, I don't know, probably not 70, but he could punt it. And he's there swimming. He's trying to grab him like this. So obviously when I came up on the situation, I was like, he does not know what he's doing. So I said, Alex, they were both Alex. I said, Alex, move away. I got this. And my heart's racing. But at the same time, I'm like, you got to remain calm because if I panic, they're going to panic. I got this. This is easy. We've done this before. I'd never done it before, but I'm like, we've done this before. So I moved him out of the way. And then the typical, everything you kind of learn, headlock, under the arm, all that got him. And the younger boy was a little, he was the same age, but he was a little smaller in size and stature and kind of panicking. So I started to swim, and I said, I got this. Don't worry about it. Just kind of rest on my hip, and we're going to swim ourselves right on out of this. So I'm swimming one stroke, and the other Alex got a wave away, and I couldn't see him. But what I noticed, I got further and further out from the, from the beach, and I was not making any movement against that riptide. And something came over my heart that I pray never will come over my heart again. And it was this. Do I let him go or do I die with him? I'm like, I can't let this kid go. So I tried to swim a little more and then I looked up and I saw the other Alex. Thanks be to God. He didn't go to the beach. I said, Alex, are you okay? He says, yes. I said, can you swim back here and just grab one arm? He goes, yes. I thought he had the other arm. He didn't. I let go of the other kid's arm. I saw him drifting through the ocean. I'm like, reached and grabbed it. By the grace of God, pulled him back. We got both arms. We started swimming together out of the riptide, but we weren't making headway. It was scary, and I had to remain calm. 
Thank you, Jesus. I looked back up over the wave, and I saw two high school seniors. Both of them swam on the state swim team with those kickboards we had, just hammering away, knew what they were doing, coming out to get us. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And one of the young men, I won't use their names, and actually when I told this story last Mass, one of our parishioners walked out and says, one of those kids was so-and-so, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, that's my nephew. <laughs> he never told me that. So basically what happened is the young man gets the clip, uh, little, whatchamacallit, uh, kickboard or, or boogie board and says, hey, get on this, Father. They got the other kid on it. And then he said to me, hey, Father, you were just an army ranger saved by a future Navy SEAL. This kid wanted to be a Navy SEAL. He's probably a Navy SEAL already, right? But anyways, so we finally got back into shore and all that stuff. We were joking, and my heart's still pitter-pattering. We get back, and the natural tendency in those moments is to just, like, want to blame somebody. But the Holy Spirit put on my heart and say, calm down the passions. Let's pray to Our Lady Star of the Sea for helping us. Let's pray Hail Mary. Then after that, all of you guys, everybody did the right thing. Everybody did exactly what they need to do to get us out of that. Everybody. Even you, the smaller Alex or whatever, who got whiffed out. He was smaller. He got, he got pushed out. They were waist high. They weren't doing anything wrong, but he got pushed out. And all three of the guys dove in to get him, but they didn't know they were in a riptide. That's how it began. But just basically saying, you all did the right thing. Let's just not do it again, Okay. Don't do it again. And it was powerful. On the plane ride, ride back with one of the dads, he was sitting next to me. The younger guys were in the back, and he kind of leaned over and said, Father, can I tell you something? Can I tell you something about my son, Alex, who was the other Alex out there? And the dad started sobbing and weeping profoundly. And he said, I asked my son on the beach what happened, and he told me. And he told me, Dad, he told me, Father that he was ready to die with his friend in that ocean. He was not gonna let him go. We need Jesus. We need a savior, we need a rescue, we need Jesus and we need each other. We need each other as church. And Jesus models us how to participate in the greatest search and rescue mission ever. And we're part of it. In the gospel today, we see the person wounded on the roadside. And we see the priest and the religious leader go by, and it's not that they weren't, they were trying to follow the law and the rules, but rules without relationship. I gotta do this and this and this in following Jesus for the good of me, it's like blinders and we lose sight of relationship to who we're called to love and serve in the great commandment of our Lord. So this person was wounded on the side of the road. And the Samaritan came up. The Samaritan would be considered a foreigner. A foreigner. The wounded person on the side of the road is you, me, and all humanity. Jesus is telling the story. We are that wounded person. 
We are the person needed of the ointment of the oil and the wine poured over us and the bandages done. We're all broken and wounded. Jesus did not come to save the saved in the pew, but he came to save the lost and we're all lost and we all get caught in riptides and we all need each other and we need a rescuer, a real rescuer and Jesus came. But the amazing thing about the story is our Lord telling the story he didn't say the foreigner came across the person and said, hey, that's good. Hey, listen, I'm going to write a check here. Uh, you take the check and go deposit it here and just make sure they get a good hotel and take care of them. He didn't just write a check. He literally bent over oil, wine, bandages, put him on his own donkey, put him in his own car with his nice leather seats, drove him to the end. Stayed the night with him in the end. Gave the two silver coins and told the person, not just take care of him, hope you have a good life, buddy. He said, if I don't, if it doesn't meet the payment, when I come back, I will pay it in full. Jesus is paid. He's paid the price for you and me and all humanity. He paid it on the cross. By his wounds we are healed. How much our Savior loves us, wants to rescue us, and make us part of his mission. But sometimes what can happen to you and me and all of us is we can want to race off to some foreign land and do something great that's just monumental. But even St. Teresa of, Lesseuse, or of, of Calcutta said, working with the poorest and poor in India, you don't have to come to India to serve the poor. Serve the poor in your own home, in your domestic church. Serve the poor in your next door neighbors on the street. Serve the poor that are in your places of work and in your schools and at the places that you frequent. How many people have lacerations and wounds on the inside that are concealed by an appearance on the outside, but are like that person wounded on the side of the road. And if we're all honest, and I'll be the first to raise my hand, we're that way too. We need the healing balm of Jesus. We need others who are followers of Jesus to be at our side, like saints, like Simon of Serene and Veronica when Jesus carried the cross. We don't have to look far to truly acknowledge and see who our neighbor is. We don't have to look far. Her neighbor oftentimes is more closer to us than we know. There's one story of a young teenage girl who was playing softball in high school many years ago, but it still is big on my heart when you see virtue on the field of play. And what happened was, it was the ninth inning of their softball game, and the team in the field was winning, and there was a young lady on third base, they were winning by one, and this other young lady was up to bat with two strikes against her, and she was at the bottom of the lineup, had never hit a home run in her life in softball, throughout her high school, the pitch came, and the young lady at the plate 
knocked it out of the park. All her friends in the, in the dugout went nuts. The stands went nuts. The girl on third comes skipping home. They score. The game is tied. She's looking at the dugout. She's like just elated because she hit a home run. She rounds first base, trips, falls, tears her ACL, and is crying in the dirt of the field. She's trying to crawl to second. The umpires are there saying, nobody from the dugout from her team can help her. Nobody can come out and help her. You can't. She has to cross home to win. She was crying. The first, the young lady playing first base walked over to her. There's an image. You can Google it with some inspirational word. You can Google it. The young lady picks her up her opposing team. Her team was going to lose if she did this, but she picks her up and carries her to second, helps her touch second, carries her to third, helps her to touch third, carries her home, all the way home, and they win the game. But she won in charity. And the stands erupted. What a beautiful example in the daily activity of life of loving your neighbor. She lost the game, but she won in life. My brothers and sisters in Christ, imagine. Imagine if you and I, just this week, asked ourselves in the depths of our heart, who is my neighbor? And strove to serve that neighbor close to you this week. The world's going to change loving the person in front of us. One soul at a time. Who is my neighbor?